everyone. Welcome to the Beauty School Bobby podcast brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty. Today we are here with Jamie Wiley who has so many accolades to name, um, but just a few. She's a published author of a book called Hair Boss, Purology Educator, Wife, Mom, Army Vet. Um, There's seriously so much more, but we are going to talk to Jamie today about how she juggles all of that. So welcome to the show, Jamie. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Really yeah. appreciate it. So I want to talk to you first um, about your beauty school story. So how did you end up in beauty school and what made you decide to go to cosmetology school? Sure. Uh, So before I did hair, I was in the Army. So after leaving high school, I joined the Army uh, knowing that I wanted to travel and I also wanted the military to pay for continuing education after I got out of the military. So I did that for five years. It was great. Um, I loved it. I, I got to travel. I learned so much about myself. But I wasn't passionate about my job. And my mom was a hairdresser in her early 20s. She later on went on to, you know, becoming um, a paraprofessional, so working with special needs children. Awesome. Um, but I specifically remember how she was in the salon and just the way she could change people's um, mental state from visiting the salon and visiting her. And so I always loved hair, and I knew I was going to become a hairdresser. So, And it's really sad, but what happened to me, my mom actually passed away suddenly. Oh, my gosh. I'm so um, sorry. So, it, you know, when you're a young adult and you lose the most important person in your life, you really look, it puts you in perspective. Like, what am I doing with my life? Am I passionate about my job? I I want to make a difference. And so that her passing was probably the biggest lesson. Um, you know, your mom teaches you a lot of things in your life, but the biggest lesson I learned was when she died, and that was that you don't have much time. And so you might as well do something that you love and that you wake up every day and go and do it and and it fills your soul and it fills your bucket so I did I I got out of the army and then I went to cosmetology school and I was still on the edge because I I also wanted to become a writer so I was like do I go to school to be a writer or do I go to cosmetology school I actually enrolled in both and I went to (laughs) cosmo school the first day and my teacher they asked the whole class, I need you to write down on a piece of paper why you're here. And I wrote my story. I said, my mom just died, and she did hair, and I think this is what I want to do. Um, so I'm here giving it a shot. And then the next day, she she came to me and said, because um, my mom, I went to the same school my mom went to. Oh, my gosh. And, I love and, that. Right? And I was like, um, she asked me um, who was my who was my mom, and I told her, and she was, and I was like, she came to the school in 1979, and 
And she goes, I was in your class with your mom here. Oh, and my so gosh. My teacher was in school with my mom. So at that moment, I was like, I am supposed to be here. Like, this is a sign. Yeah. Uh, so I disenrolled from writing, going to college for writing, and um, and I met, I became a hairdresser. And, and so I was older. I was like 23, 24 when I went to um, school. And I also knew I was going to do other things than just do hair behind the chair. And so when I was in school, I would tell them, I'm like, I want to learn all of this and anything else you have for me. Um, and so they would. They would teach me about becoming an educator and becoming, you know, anything else that I wanted to learn. So Yeah. Now, at your beauty school, were you exposed to um, guest educators coming in? I mean, kind of doing what you're doing now with Purology. Um, were you exposed to that in beauty school? Was there anybody that you kind of – I mean, because this was all, I'm assuming, because um, I think you're about the same age as me. This was probably before, like – all of the social media, the influencers, yeah. like all of that stuff. So um, was there anyone that you were following or looking up to at that time? Or was this all kind of, um, you know, just like, I just know that this is where I'm supposed to be and I'm kind of motivating myself? Or was there somebody that yeah. helped you? Um, no. At the time, we did have, like, local educators and um, educators for different brands come in. And every time they they came in, I was so drawn to – um, adult education and continuously learning the craft. Um, and so I loved every time they had somebody come. And then we also would go to uh, America's Beauty Show in Chicago every year. And so just being exposed to a hair show right off the bat, um, I think also seeing the platform artist, I was like, that's that's it. Like, I I know I want to have, I know I have a message. I don't know what it is yet. Um, I have a lot to learn of my craft before I can even get there. Um, but I'm really drawn to, to this. It wasn't a specific person, uh, per se. It just, I was so drawn to all of them. Yeah. I really love that you said that you had a message and you just didn't know what it was yet. I mean, I think that so many people can relate to that. And um, with the students being in beauty school, I think that it's hard to find your path. I mean, especially in beauty school. I mean, you're really there to to learn the basics, to pass state board, and then, you know, moving on. So after you got out of beauty school, did you, um, what kind of salon did you go into? Or did you go right into, um, you know, what you need to become like a platform artist? Um, not, so I knew I wanted to have a few years, um, of experience before I became an educator. Uh, you know, walk, you gotta, you know, walk the walk before you can talk the talk. Yeah. And so I went to a salon, I researched a lot of salons, and I went to a salon that they typically didn't hire people out of cosmetic school. So I, I spent, I think, nine or ten months there, and... They weren't giving me what I needed, and and I was being taken advantage of. And I didn't know that at the time because I thought that, okay, this is what you do. You put in the work, and then eventually, you know, it will come. And and um, basically, it was in a, I was an associate-level pricing, and I was making commission off of it. And so in, like, a month, I would make less than $200. It was really awful. And I didn't know that that's not 
right or you know whatever yeah. until I went to um, I went to a Nicarojo program. I paid for it myself, um, and I met another manager there. And I was talking to her, and, and just in the little bit of talking to her, I realized I was being taken advantage of. And she actually said to me, I'm hiring, and I would love to have, interview you. And I was like, yep. And so <laughs> I, I went for an interview, and then because um, it was a flagship salon. Um, it worked at, I worked at the Mall of America. So, um, so she hired me, and they were all about education and continuing education and mentoring people. They had two matrix educators that worked there and I was like, this is where I need to be. And so I left that salon and then went to the Mall of America flagship salon and I ended up building my clientele in six months there because of the education and how driven and focused the entire team was and really laid the rest of the foundation of my career. Um, all of those people that I worked with were extremely successful. And so when you're around extremely successful people, you become successful. Um, and so that, hands down, I, I needed the lesson of, you know, working in that first salon to really see what's out there in the industry as an educator now. Yeah. So sometimes, so, uh, you know, you you work at your first job in a salon that is always education and you don't really realize that it's not free. And, you know, when you're born into something, you don't really see all of the different areas of our industry. Um, so it was a blessing in disguise, for sure, hands down, yeah. that I know that experience. It's really hard to, um, I mean, I really feel like it's such a fine line between, um, like you said, like being in a position where you're being taken advantage of, like we, um, you know, try to make sure that, um, I mean, I think it's really important when you get out of school that you are getting continued education. I mean, I think I'm just such a believer in going into a place that offers that. I just don't think that you're anywhere near ready. Um, not, not anywhere near, but you just need extra education when you get into a salon. So, um, but there is a fine line because I, think um I'm around it a lot more just being you know more on the student side um but there's definitely a lot of frustration that comes along with that there's a frustration with the time that it takes um there's a frustration with you know what you're required to do in that time but I think like yeah you do have to pay your dues like you said I mean you kind of you need to learn how to walk the walk but there also is that line where you can't you don't. You need to make sure you're getting that education that is promised as well. So it is just as much the salon responsibility as it is the um, you know new stylist responsibility to make sure that that is going both ways. Um, and I think that luckily, you know, I'm so close with a lot of salon owners in the area that I know what each salon is doing. Um, but that's a scary process if you're going into it, you know, kind of by yourself. Um, I'm really, I mean, obviously, and I know you know this, but I mean, you're lucky that you found that other opportunity, obviously, that that is where you needed to be. So how long were you in the salon um, before you kind of started to grow what to what you are now? Um, so I was in the salon for two years. Then I applied to become uh, an artist with Curology. That whole process took about eight months. Um, by the time I went to induction, I was three years in the industry. And, you know, in my 
book, I talk a lot about, you know, your time um, in the, in the, in our, in our world, um, you know, you can be in the industry for 20 years, but have never taken a single continuing education class. Um, or you can do three years and go every single month to a continuing education class and have so much, you know what I mean, more knowledge under your belt. So that's what I did. I went to everything, every class, every local store class, every hair show, every, I mean, I paid so much money out of pocket. I did all of our in-salon education plus outside education. Um, I jammed it in there. And so, you know, if somebody's like, well, I've only been in the industry for three years or five years or, or eight years, it's, you know, I, I don't know that much. It's not about years. It's about what you do with those years. So it's really powerful to know that your career is up to you. And you can make the money that you want to make in the amount of time that you want to make it as long as you're willing to put in the work. Yeah. And so that's, that's basically what I did. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that's a conversation that is really, really important is that you can, you know, I don't know, we talk about this a lot on the podcast and like on other episodes, we've gone over this a lot, but it is frustrating to see, um, with Instagram, with social media, like the whole industry has just changed so much so quickly. Um, and it almost can give you a false sense of what this is, of what the industry is and what, and that's like, we were talking about before we were, recording is, you know, why I want to do this podcast was to get this information out, um, that it can be very positive, but it is not going to come easy. There is not one single person that I could interview that is at the top or where you are that hasn't worked super hard to get there. So, you know, when I meet with students that, you know, sometimes think that this is the easy route, you know, maybe they, you know, went to traditional college and realized that it wasn't for them. And they're like, oh, well, I like hair makeup, maybe I'll try this. Um, it's so hard to explain what work goes into that, um, that this right. isn't easy, that a lot of people don't understand the physical toll that it takes um, and time. Um, the schedule, yeah. you know, being nights and weekends, um, it's not appealing to everybody. And it's no. not, you know, the most ideal, but um, you can, you're going to 100% in this industry, get out of it what you put into it. And I think that that is the positive. And I try to like explain that as much as possible is like, if you want it, you can get there and you can get there quickly. Like even knowing that you were, you know, when you went into it, you know, being three years, I mean, that's incredible. Um, that's, you know, I mean, the opportunity that's available to you. Now, were you in a purology salon at the time? Yeah. Okay. Yep in astrology salon at the time. So I knew I was going to be, uh, I knew I wanted purology um, because of what they they stood for. Knowing I had to, you know, go out and teach these things. The people were going to ask really difficult questions. I had to stand, be okay with standing up in front of a room and and answering these questions. And, um, and you know, going back to my military days, like integrity is a really big one for me. And so I I couldn't be with a brand that didn't have integrity. And so I loved the product. I loved what the brand stood for. And I knew I was going to go after that brand, no matter if it could be, you know, my first try or a few tries to get on the team. I knew it was going to be that team. 
Yeah. And do you think that that was something you considered coming out of beauty school? Was a brand something that you had even thought about? Or did you just happen to like love the product when you got into that particular salon? Um, it wasn't until I started using the product that was when I knew it was going to be purology. I knew I was going to educate. I didn't know for who yet. I also had other influences. You know, within the salon, the other girls wanted me to be a matrix educator because, you know, they already had two. Um, they were like, we wanted, you know, we'd love to have a third. Um, but I I knew it was going to be purology. Like, mm. like matrix is it's great, but it's not me. Uh, and so I really like that you connect that to yourself too, of really making sure that you believe in the product that you're, um, that you're teaching with. I think that you probably do a better job too. I mean, if you were with a brand, I mean, you're incredible, um, from what I've heard from everyone that took your class and I'm sure that you would be great as well, but really having that, um, product that you believe in, I'm sure makes it easier for you to do your job as well. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Because like I said, when you stand up in front of a room of 50 or 100 people and they ask you, you know, do you test on animals, you have to answer honestly. And it's, it's not something that you believe um, for, you know, for yourself. Um, it, it, it coincides. And so I definitely, I wanted a brand with integrity. And, and so that was it for me. Yeah. So you are, are you behind the chair still? Or are you, um, I mean, you're doing so many I, other things. Are you behind the chair? I am behind the chair, yeah. Okay. So how many days a week are you in the salon? I'm in the salon at least one, sometimes two days a week, um, you know, with my schedule permitting. But um, yeah, I just travel, like, basically right now I travel and teach Sunday, Monday, Tuesdays, sometimes Wednesdays, um, and then I'm in the salon Wednesday or Thursday. Wow. So you're yeah. super busy. Do you think that it's important for um, for what you're doing in the salons to still stay behind the chair? Is that kind of why you do it, or do you do it so that you can, like, go back to that, like, happiness of, of doing hair? Uh, both. Uh, a little bit of both. I, I mean, for sure, relevancy. The industry is changing so quickly, and as an educator, you have to know what's happening in the field and what's happening with consumers. And if I wasn't behind the chair, I wouldn't know. And so I, I speak truth. So, uh, you know, this is what I do in the salon. This has helped me in the salon. You know, I have some of the, you know, I'm the second highest RTS in the salon. So uh, my numbers reflect things that I can speak to in the field because Basically, that you know, you go to a salon, they want to know how to be better and to do better yeah. um, and to do more. And so, if you're like, well, I'm not in the salon, so I don't really know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but so, I do, I am there um, one to two days just for rel- to stay relevant. I also, I love my clients. I love my clients. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what is one thing when you're going into these, um, you're going into a ton of different slots when you said, I mean, almost every week you're out teaching. What is one challenge that you see um, in each salon um, facing like right now in this moment? What's the big um, kind of challenge among salons all over the country? Is there something that you focus on more or something that you get asked about a lot? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few, there's different things in different areas. The biggest thing people will ask is, 
um, why am I losing clients? Or why, you know, why don't, my, why isn't my retention um, very good? And the top two things, almost always, number one, the salon is dirty. People will not go back to a dirty salon. Yeah. And then the second thing is they're bored. The client is bored. And so, you know, we get so used to, um, you know, just the same, like every six weeks she comes in for her 6N retouch. Um, and we get just so accustomed to that that we no longer offer her anything new and or different. We don't have a consultation. Um, and so what happens is they get bored and then they go somewhere else. Yeah. That's, so, a, that's a really good, I mean, that's, I'm sure that you see that. Are you allowed to, um, when you go into salons, are you allowed to like say you guys need to clean up? I mean, is that something that you'll say or you just kind of like um, uh, nicely have to say it? You know, I don't tell, I don't say your salon is messy. I never say that. I will only coach them if they ask me. So if they say, you know, we're having a hard time with this or this, then I'll coach them. Usually I coach them to find the answer. So they almost always know already. And so we'll do an activity where it's like, how can you guys today up your game? And, and if you want to take your you know, game to the next level, what is something you can do right now today? And then have them brainstorm. And almost always they come back and say, we need to clean our salon. Wow. That, well, that's positive yeah. at least that they, <laughs> that it, it at least is known. And sometimes <laughs> they just need that outside perspective to say like, okay, well, this girl yeah, so knows what she's talking about. And so we need to do it. You know, like I think that sometimes yeah. they just maybe need that push. Um, okay. So I want to talk to you um, about the, um, about the brand. So you created Hair Boss. Um, yep. And how long ago did you do that? Um. So I wrote the book one year ago, okay. and after I wrote the book, I because it was I was so focused on the book that after the book was out and published, it felt like I had a baby or I had a child. It was like, oh my gosh, this is done, and and then it's kind of like, okay, what next? Because now it's out there, and I had an overwhelming amount of people reach back out to me saying, like, we want more. Um, and so that's when I created Hair Boss. And I didn't think it was going to happen in that same year. You know how do you write goals for yourself? Yeah. I didn't I didn't write the goal to create the brand until the, the, this year, 2019. Wow. And so to have, to have people, like, asking more for it and, and more of it. So I created it. Um, and it's a, it's been amazing. And I'm really ready for support and to take it to the next level so right now it's just me I do everything um the page um everything with the book uh, apparel all of it's me wow. and I'm I'm definitely I'm searching for the right fit for um an assistant um and then to really explode it so I it's kind of like a like a dog on a leash like it really wants to run really yeah. fast right now but I'm holding it back yeah um 
because I have all of these other jobs as well. Yeah, but um, I think it's important for you to know, like, it's awesome that you're conscious of that and that you understand, like, in time when I find the right person or when, um, you know, when it's meant to be that it will it'll yeah. grow. I think it's a, it's smarter to do that than to just be like, let's run with this and then not do yeah. it, give it the time that, that it needs. So when you were writing the book, I mean, I know that you said earlier that writing was something that you had a passion for already. Um, what, what did you, and because this um, podcast got scheduled, like, so I haven't had time to read it. I'm going to order it. Like, I'm so excited um, to read it. And I want to share it with the students as well. Um, but what is it that, that you wanted to share? What is, what voice did you want to like put out there? Um, you know, when writing this book? So I was in the field, you know, year after year and all of the stuff I was sharing, I was sharing, you know, purology content, but also like, you know, statistics and facts and, and these things. And people would say to me, you should write a book. Like, you should write a book. Like, you should put this in a book. And I always wanted to be an author. Like, I knew I was going to be, I was going to do that. Actually, after I finished cosmetology school, then I got a degree in writing. So I do have a degree in writing as well. Um, and so... It, it was awesome to see two worlds collide. Yeah. Um, and so then I have a degree in writing, but then I didn't specifically know how to write a book, like a how self-help how-to book. And so then I went to a Tony Robbins seminar, um, and that will just light your – that will light you up. Like, if you have the chance to see him, he's incredible. But – um, after that, then I signed up for a book writing seminar, and I went for four days on specifically how to write a book um, and a, a successful book. And and then after that, I wrote the book, and it took me six months to write. And wow. the content is everything that you don't, you know, don't always get in school, that little nuggets of things that you learn in the field, like just kind of like industry secrets. So, like, you know, you don't really learn how maybe there's a client that you have that you, you don't really want to have them anymore because they they take so much of your energy and they're negative clients. They don't ever really like what you do anyways, but they keep coming back. So there's specific formulas on how to, um, you know, move them up along to another um, artist. Uh, there's specific formulas on how to make six figures behind the chair with only 99 color guests. Um, or 250 haircut guests. Uh, so there's formulas. There's formulas about, you know, retail, how to sell more retail without selling or sounding salesy. Like, we didn't, you know, go to school to become salesmen. Um, so really, it's basically industry secrets. Um, I'll put in a book that's super conversational and easy to read. And that's it. That was that was hair boss. That's awesome. I'm so excited to read it. Like I cannot wait. I'm excited to share it with the students as well. Because like I said, I think that that's, um, there is a disconnect. Um, and I see it obviously in the position that I'm in, um, a little bit more of like trying to make those connections, um, with students in the salons. I mean, I think it's so important that no matter where you go to beauty school, that you go to a place that has strong connections with yep. the salons in the area, because, yep. um, there's just again so 
so much to learn. And when guest speakers come in and when we're having, you know, an issue, if, you know, there's something specific that I want a salon owner to talk about, or, you know, like in this instance, like, you know, like really, like you said, getting those salon secrets out to students while they're in school like that like imagine what you could have done if you would have known all that already you know I mean I think that that's the important thing that that you want to be told when you're leaving school you know what I mean yeah yeah, exactly. So that's so awesome. And I really love that. I'm excited to see, you know, what happens with Hair Boss and, and where that goes. I mean, it's it's really yeah. awesome that you're taking on these things that, like, you feel like are important and, and doing it, especially to to help other people as well and to help others. So do you um, only go into salons or do you ever do anything, like, at beauty schools? Are you ever back in a beauty school? Yep. I have done um, – I've done my own – a number of times, um, and I've done a few other schools, yeah, so I'm open to uh, beauty schools as well. Yep. How weird is that for you to go back into where you were in beauty school? I love it. Do you? I love it. <laughs> I eat it up. It's so fun. It's so fun to see where it all starts, and, you know, a little bit of, because, um, you know, you're you still have that fear in you know, while you're in school, like, of the unknown, right? Um, and so I just love to go and just to see them where, you know, where, because I'm like, I know. I, I have sat in your chair, and I know what you're feeling right now. And I'm here to tell you that you can have and be whatever you want in this industry. You can make the money that you want to make. You can have financial freedom. You can have the schedule that you want to have. Um, but you have to put in the work. And it's just, it's so, it's just so empowering for me to see them there because it's a blank slate. Like, it's just, it's a blank slate and you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, I know. And it's so important for the students to have somebody that they can look up to and um, somebody that they can kind of follow and have as a mentor. I think that that's... Um, so important. I'm sure when you leave, they're all just like so hyped <laughs> that you were there yeah. and like so yeah. motivated after that. Um, okay. So you are a mom. And so one of the things I want to talk to you about today too, was, um, how you juggle it. What advice can you give, um, to somebody that's either behind the chair or really wanting to move forward to take on more responsibility, um, you know, as a mom and, um, as a stylist? Yeah. So it's all about balance, right? So you want to have balance in your life. So as, you know, being a mom, um, I know I devote, you know, X amount of time to the salon, X amount of time to, you know, teaching in the field. And then I have a set amount of time that I devote solely to my family. And then when I am with my family, like, it's undivided attention. Um, but moving forward, like, if you're, you know, nervous about having kids while you're, you know, working behind the chair, you really shouldn't because... If you build a strong, you know, foundation of, of relationships with your clients, they will be will also be your clients on the schedule that you want them to be. So, you know, nights and weekends right away, yes, to build your books. Um, but the moment that your books are full, you can start moving them around. And that's the art of pre-booking. And so pre-booking is huge. Like, this an art form to it, um, but once you get that down and you start booking them in the time that you need them to be, then you have the, the you know, means to move your schedule around to make it work for your family life, too. 
Yeah, there are. I mean, there's so many moms in this industry. And I think that um, it is all about balance. And I think just setting that time to make sure that your kids have you and you're with them and your significant other has you like at the same time, like it's a juggling act and it can definitely feel like chaos a lot of the time. And there definitely, you know, just is that guilt um, that you know, I just think as moms just really never goes away and you're just constantly like, I'm not doing enough, but you also have to make sure that you're still fulfilling the things that you want as well. Um, I'm sure that you're, you know, like that all of our moms have faced that, you know, like when we were growing up too, like that struggle. But at the end of the day, like it's so important to make sure that you're happy and that you are still achieving the goals that you set for yourself. Cause you know, you don't get this time back. So it's important to make sure that there is balance all across the board. Absolutely. Okay. So one of the things that we do in the podcast is we um, will play Would You Rather. So I have two questions for you. Um, So would you rather never be able to use Instagram again or never be able to read a book again? Oh my God. That's so hard. (laughs) I love reading. I read all the time. Um, I would probably say Instagram. I feel like right now it would be so hard, but the way that things change, like I'm sure at one time there was a point that we were like, we're like, we have to use MySpace or, you know, (laughs) like we're all into something. So at least reading, we can change on to the next thing when, (laughs) when it comes. Right. Okay. And would you rather be able to look into the future to see where your career ends up or go back into the past to start your career over? Um, go back in the past. Really? What would you do different? Um, I don't want to know. <laughs> you just don't want to know what's coming? <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, that would be nice, but then it would take the fun out of it. No, right? it's because true. Oftentimes, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey that you, you know, took in order to get to the destination and that one took me a long time to be okay with I my first mentor she had such a hard time with me because I'm like I just want to be there I just want to be to the end I don't care about the middle and and when you really realize that it's not about the end it's all about the middle like everything that's happening and you're learning and all of that the climb um that's what it's all about and so I I don't want to know the end. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I, I would it, would, it would be boring if you knew, if we were like, okay, Jamie, here's what's going to happen, and this is what's right. going to happen with Hair Boss and all that. It's definitely That's better good. to experience it. Um, yep. Okay. And then one of the things that we always ask, too, is what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that's in beauty school currently? Set goals. I would set goals for yourself and and write a timeline. So in two years, I want to be, you know, behind the chair and, and, you know, making this amount of money and have a full book. In four years, I want to be an educator. In five years, I want to, you know, set goals for yourself and write them down. You're 42% more likely to achieve them once you write them down and 78% more likely to um, achieve them once you tell somebody about them. So I would write down goals and be specific because the universe will provide 
That's such great advice. I actually really want to do that at the school. I want to make it <laughs> do a project um, where yeah. they do that now because I think that that's so important. And I'm probably going to go write down some goals like as soon as Good. we're done. <laughs> too. I Good. didn't know those statistics. Good. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. So where you know, in the book too, I I do have a, a section where it's like um, if there was no way to fail, um, and then writing down goals that way because oftentimes we'll write down goals about like oh I I only have this much money, so I can't do that, or oh I'm married and so I can't do that. But if there was no way to fail, you weren't married and you had enough money for you know millions of dollars, there was no way to fail. What goals would you then write for yourself? So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I really love that. I'm excited to read the book. I cannot wait. And um, I definitely want to catch you if you ever come back to Knoxville because everyone just blew me up with how amazing you were and like what an impact you left on all of um, our graduates and just like people that I love in the industry. So um, I definitely want to see you next time. So where can we follow you there? Obviously, it's at Hairboss on Instagram. Um, and the, yeah. what is your purology? Um, so it's at Hairboss Official actually. I have to have the official okay. part. I, I have a, a trademark, so it has to have the official. And then um, for my personal page, it's at Jamie Wiley Hair. Awesome. Well, we're so excited and thank you so, so much for squeezing me. And I know that you are just so busy. So I really appreciate you um, spending time with us today. And thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee School of Beauty. You can visit them at tennesseeschoolofbeauty.com. Follow them at TN School of Beauty on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to follow me at Beauty School Bobby and visit our website, beautyschoolbobby.com. We can find all of our podcasts. So thank you so much for joining us and listening. Um, and until next time, guys, bye.